Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank. Nick Roush here with Adam Lucky to get you ready for the Cats and the Vols Saturday night at Kroger Field. And look at I'm feeling a little bit of uh, deja vu all over again. We, we we've been in this situation before where it feels like there's there's a lot on the line and. It's like, oh, this is a big moment. Is Kentucky going to get it done? And i just hoping and praying I don't get my heart broken again. It would be Tennessee week without it. <laughs> it wouldn't be Tennessee week without it. But eventually, Nick, they're going to beat this team in a matchup like this, and that's going to make the victory even sweeter. But it's one they really need to win. I looked it up today. Nick, Mark Stoops is 1-8-1 and one against the spread against Tennessee Ugh. in his Kentucky coaching career. <laughs> he has <laughs> never covered in Lexington. Of course, the only time Ugh. they covered was the win down in Knoxville as a six-point dog. So this has just been – I mean, they've been snake-bitten against this bunch. Um, ever since – I mean, even since the streak ended, they, they've only won – they're two in, I believe, nine since the streak ended. And a lot of those times, Nick, like this is the first time Kentucky won't be a fa- at least a favorite in this game um, in, in, in Lexington since 2015. So this has been mm-hmm. a game at home where they've laid points, you know, all small numbers. Um, and then right. 2021 ended up being a PK um, down by kickoff. But this is normally a spot where we enter this game thinking Kentucky is a better team, at least in the matchups in, in Lexington. So this time it's not like that. Kentucky's catching – 
three and a half right now. That that line stayed steady, but there's no denying the what the game, well, how big it, how big of the game and the magnitude of it. Uh, they really need to win in the worst way yeah. right now. The season is going to be determined a success or a failure for them with what happens on Saturday night, in my opinion, unless they go and pull off a big upset later in the schedule. And I think for Tennessee it's kind of that way too uh, because their season is not looking super great if they lose on Saturday night in Lexington with a road, with road game with a road game with Missouri still on the schedule, a home game with Georgia still on the schedule. And so it's a it's a big spot for both teams. And um, it's it's time for the Cats to cash in, and you can cash in at Monticello Bank. Monticello Bank, they've been in business for 128 years. This is where people matter. They're putting people first to get the numbers on your side to get the best deal possible, whether you need to get a home loan, you're going to get a new car, or just try to plan for retirement. Monticello Bank, they'll get you covered with, 21 branches in 14 different counties across the Commonwealth. You can also bank anytime at NBCBank.com or by downloading the GoNBC mobile app, Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Um, look at you, you, you brought it up. Um, you know, there was, after last year's season with the Vols, they just kind of expected to keep climbing, right? Like we had Heisman Trophy hopes for Joe Milton in the preseason. He was going to be the king of college football, um, the best quarterback in the history of God. Um, so, like, that, even though a lot of those were lofty expectations, I think they anticipated that they would be in the college football playoff conversation every year at this time of the year. And – that hasn't been the case. Now they they ground out a win at home against A and M, but got humbled at uh, Alabama. And if you look at it, as bad as things feel, the the teams are in the same spot in the SEC standings. Right? They're they're two and two. Um, they both got a loss that they don't want for the Vols. It's on the road at Florida, a team they feel like they should be better than. And for Kentucky, it was at home against Missouri. But there's still a lot of games to be played for Kentucky. You have some winnable ones on the stretch, Tennessee. This feels like one of those that they definitely wrote a W down on their calendar. Uh, when they picked up their posters from Kroger at the start of the season, fall fans, they, they assumed that this one was going to be a win and you, you can't blame him for the way that this series is gone. Um, but that it would go a long way to, not only galvanize some some uh, some love from your own fans across the Big Blue Nation, but also to keep Tennessee down and remind them that, like, hey, you had a good year, but um, you aren't going to be perennial playoff contenders, Vols. Uh, you're you're not. Just uh, that was a fun time. How, how many ten win seasons have they had since '98? I think two. I want to say. I bl- yeah, something along those lines. I don't. I think they might have had one in 01, that team that would have played Miami in the championship that lost to LSU in the SEC title in a big oh, upset. Oh, gosh. Yeah, kind of the birth goodness. of Nick Saban in that game. But, uh, yeah, Nick, I mean, this is rivalry football. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. Both sides have a chance to send a rival in a tailspin in this game mm-hmm. and to shove it in their face. Tennessee's done a lot of shoving. Kentucky fans face. You know, I I don't know. 
you know, it was pre-Twitter and all that, but I don't know, like, that Tennessee got that excited about beating Kentucky in the past, but they sure as hell has gotten excited about this win in the last decade. And they've let Kentucky people know about it. And that's been a tough pill to swallow. So in a season where a lot of fans have gotten impatient, upset, this would be a nice, hey, here you go. <laughs> you know, we're giving mm-hmm. you this one here. Yeah. Uh, this, this Sorry for your troubles. Uh, this would be a good one to deliver. Uh, will they do it or not? We'll find out. Um, but I do – there are a lot of – this fan base is down in the dumps right now. Yeah. Like their their high school sweetheart just just left them. Um, mm-hmm. Their dog Lucky just died. Oh, like no. nothing nothing good has got like we are at, in this fan base. I feel like people are acting. They, they poured like, themselves a drink and they spilled it all over the place. You know, like it <laughs> just nothing can go right. They got they got up to work and forgot their umbrella. It's pouring down rain. The the fan base is acting like we are definitely acting like you know this is like the end of times or something. Yeah, um, that Kentucky's never going to win a game ever again. Yeah, they, so that is – this is as low as I think I've seen this fan, football fan base since I started covering the team, which would have been 2018. Um, it's like the only thing I can really compare it to right now, I could be wrong, but in the Stoops era. Because when they lost to LaVandy last year, they weren't upset. They were mad. Yeah. Like, I think there's a difference mm-hmm. in that. Well, in the same thing too back in 2016 when there was like a lot of like – it's troops well, the to right me, guy for the job. To me, that's the lowest I think they've been since the Southern Miss Florida debacle to start 2016. Yeah, yeah, because and and then there there was at least some more anger. But yeah, that I, I would have to go back that far. And a lot of it, you're right. It's not even the like. There's there's just a um, a dread, a sense of just like, oh my god, this team. It's just it's the worst thing ever. And and I yeah. think it's just because. We we were finally expecting this passing game to work, and it is not. And the reason why it's looked so bad at times is because so much emphasis was put on the passing game, and it's been a it's been a failure. And in part of it too, like it is normally, you would just blame you'd blame the new OC. I mean, we it was it was easy to do that with Skang. I mean, that guy was like, what what the hell is he doing out here? Yeah, yeah, but we've seen gone. it work with Liam, so we're like, how is this? I don't understand. I just don't I don't get it. Yeah, there's there's like that's why I think Mark, what Mark Stoops said on Monday, Nick. Like we have to put a pin in that statement. We are going to go back to that statement in 2026 and whether they thrived or didn't thrive. Like yeah. it'll be based on this. I mean, they have he has doubled down. He said, "Liam Cohen, you're my guy. We're going to fix this offense. We're going to do it running the McVay Shanahan scheme and we're going to make it work here to hell or high water mm-hmm. and they're either it's either going to work here or it's not you know there's no i don't think there's any pivoting from that like they are <laughs> they are committed they're playing this Pivot. they've been dealt they've been dealt the hand and they're playing it no matter what no matter what cards come on the flop they're playing this hand and so we'll see if that works but i do think it shows one conviction that he believes in this plan Two, that he believes in Cohen. Um, and three, they, they've seen the signs that good things are coming. Maybe they're not come this year, but they, in the future they feel good about what this offense 
will be able to produce. Um, so I think it, that's like to me that was the most important thing he said. I think a lot of people are taking it out of context. Like they're still going to run the football. This is still Mark Stoops football. They're still going to want to pound the rock, but they have to be able to throw the football to c- continue this growth yeah. and to yeah. get to this next step that everybody would like them to get to. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the current status of this team, Nick, a lot of teams have come from lower than where Kentucky's at and bounced back to have good seasons. Like, I feel like we talk about this team like they are like the worst, like one of the worst teams of the Stoops era. And that they just aren't that. Um, yeah. Especially the because the, they, they have the defense, they have the running attack, but the passing on both sides, I think, I think it just goes back to um, there's a little bit of deterioration with the passing game. Like, um, I mean, how many we, – we were having this conversation with Dorian Baker, you know, many moons ago. Uh, hell, I wasn't even married when we were wondering when the wide receivers were going to catch passes, and now I got two little kids getting me sick. You know, like it's it's – we've been through this a long time, so that probably plays a role in it. But you are correct. There's been much more dire straits um, that Stoops has recovered from, and that's why I think over the last two weeks we haven't seen much panic from him when he spoke with the media. Yeah. I also wonder if people got helmet logo against Missouri. Yeah. Like, Missouri might end up being a top 15 team, guys. Like, they could just have, be having one of their once-a-decade years where they go and win 10 games, yeah. 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. You know, like Brady Cook's having this awesome season. Luther Burden might win the, the Bolitnikoff. You know, they, look at their schedule. They get Tennessee, Florida at home to close the year. Um, they go to Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, it's look terrible. at what Arkansas is doing right yeah. now. Like, they have a path to 9-3, and three, possibly even 10-2. They're just having an, a historic year. And Kentucky was up 21-20 in that game. Should have gotten the ball back in the fourth quarter. Terrible they just call. Crum- they, they, mm-hmm. But they crumbled yeah. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also – I just wonder if we're just – if I feel like we're overreacting to that loss in a big way. And I don't know if we would have overreacted to that loss if that was Lane Kiffin on Miss, essentially, if that, if that played out. I think people have kind of gotten in their head that Missouri stinks. Kentucky's better than Missouri. Shouldn't lose like that to Missouri. We got pummeled by Missouri. Though just three weeks ago, this team hammered Florida at home. Yeah, a Florida team that just won at South Carolina, a it's Florida team that's three and conference. one in SEC play. Yeah, yeah a Florida team, Tennessee that, team. Yeah, <laughs> Florida team whose only losses are to Kentucky and a Utah team that just went in the USC and won, and that's playing for a Pac-12 title in the last five games of the season. Oh, they're talking about Billy Napier being back. It's a resurgence. Yeah. I mean, go over to our Gators online board. They are t- like they're talking themselves into. Winning this weekend in the cocktail party, <laughs> Kentucky handled that team with relative ease. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we do need to take a step back here. But with all that said, like all the a lot's on the table this week. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. A lot of chips are in the pot for Kentucky. Like they have to. Yeah. They have to go and play well, and they need to go win this game. And in to Julian's point, the I, I think the we've gotten smarter um, as a fan base. And he said it was how we completely unraveled would have been the same if it were Ole Miss, in his opinion. But I I think that that's the part that most people fear, is that there isn't some sort of... uh, You you don't know where this team's grit, this team's um, ability to just... with um, Like, their, their perseverance, their mental toughness. Like, how can they... can't Do they have a counterpunch, right? Like... 
It's not what happens to you. It's how I react to it. They haven't played. I mean, that was the first time they've had a one-score game in the fourth quarter besides EKU getting a touchdown at one point. Like, it's been all blowouts. So you don't know how this team responds to adversity. And last year, it <laughs> that, that was a defining characteristic. They did not handle adversity well. They made self-inflicted mistakes. And so I, I, I that's that's a big part of it. But I don't think that there's an inability to play through adversity. Um, yeah. You know, like it just means that, that we haven't seen it. It doesn't mean that they can't do it. I hear what Julian's saying, but some of that is the game within the game. Right? You go down 21-20, you can't move the ball, punt, turn, they get the ball at the 38, or they go up 28-20, they get the ball at the 38. You know, that's a top 15 offense you're just handing the ball to. So they go down and score. Kentucky responds, drives all the way back, gets the ball in the red zone, has a chance to make it a 35-28 game. And the receiver the, falls down, interception. The receiver falls down, interception. And then their next score was another short field that they kick a field goal on. So, like, a lot of it was special, special teams inflicted wounds in that melt. I think we, we do need to recognize that. And we also need to recognize, like, the defense kept that team in the game in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Like Barry and Brown fumbles, they get a stop, force a field goal, another short they field, they one. force a field, they block a Mevis field goal. Like they kept the team in the game and they got a stop and they, they just they didn't respond well to the tough PI call. Yeah. Um, they almost played a flawless game in the third quarter to give Kentucky a chance to even win it there. And so that that's a frustrating part. But like I think we do need to we just have to look at it more like you have to look at it bigger than just the like we you can't just look at a final score. Like you do need to try to look at this bigger, and what how, yeah. what actually happened. And I just think if you watch that game and you like actually like if you really pay close attention to what happened, drive by drive, play by play, there was a few things that happened in Kentucky that a few of them could have gone the whole other way. The, I mean, the punter throws a dime, the the uh, the pi the tough pi call. You know, Varian Brown doesn't fumble and he cuts up field. He might be off to the races. So, I mean, but that's a, that's football. Football happens, and sometimes it can unravel on you like that. But that is concern um, because uh, what we heard Mark Stoops say, like this team is not going to – what did he say? Um, he's not going to tolerate – Us like, not responding. Yeah. Them splintering or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think effort's like this team's problem. Like yeah. I think this team plays hard. It's just kind of figure – maybe they have, just have to figure out with this group how to win. And some of that might be the identity – switches on offense and so maybe they're just going through growing pains right now but but they I still think this is a good football team and I, I don't think this team is going to go five and seven or six and six I think seven and five is definitely a possibility even if they lose Saturday I think they'll figure something out and they'll end up going seven and five uh, but this is their last chance to really have a good season one in this game and yeah, if you don't yeah. win this game this season is going to be a disappointment there's no denying that in my opinion yeah and um I don't know. People do forget that the last nine and three team, those three losses, they were they were all in a row. And the last one was to a Tennessee team that was built much different than this one. We're going to break it down, um, but first, tell you about our friends at Game Time, where you need tickets to go watch the Cats this Saturday. Should be a great night. I think the rain's going to hold off like it. I think so, um, and I think that means it's a great time to download the Game Time app. And find yourself a seat. You scroll through. You see all the different places to sit. Um, whether you want to get Connor Stallion style seats 
right there in the front row. Or you don't mind uh, going up top to the upper deck. Game time, they'll get you a great deal wherever it is at Kroger Field. Or if you want to go somewhere else. I know Nate Bargatze's, uh coming to Rupp next year. You'll be able to get tickets to that show on game time. Tickets to all kinds of shows. And it's a very simple app to use. So simple that even my dad knows how to use it, right? Like, if... if if my dad can figure out how to put in promo code KSR, get 20 bucks off, hit the button twice, boom, tickets on his phone, you can too with GameTime. So download the app or visit GameTime.co, put in promo KSR, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase with GameTime. Look it. I got a feeling this is going to be uh, I got a feeling this is gonna be a slobber knocker. This, this kind of stinks like an under, <laughs> even though yeah. uh, I, I know the last two games – it's been like what two uh two touchdowns and four plays for Tennessee. Um yeah. Well, yeah. I think we overreact to what happened last year. Because again, that that game was a self-inflicted offense and special teams. Six times Tennessee got the ball to Kentucky 40 or better. Scored 24 points in those drives like of course, you can't give what there was the number one offense in college football. You can't give them short fields. Of course, you're going to get a crooked number hung on you. They let Hyatt get behind them first drive, and they gave up a middle eight touchdown. But other than that, I thought Kentucky defensively played a played a fine game. You know, they weren't great, but they played fine enough. Where that, that effort, they really should have held that offense. I thought to like thirty ish points, but it was it looked worse because of the the field position differential. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the year before, was I mean, it was really bad. Uh, Kentucky was banged up in the front seven going into that game. Um, but they got expelled. Their secondary got ripped to shreds. Um, they they didn't do a good job matching up personnel-wise. And it was bad. And they had a ton of missed, missed assignments um, in that game. They missed it. To, like, Tyrell Asian misses a tackle you can't miss on a screen. First play of the game. Goes for a touchdown. Um Yusuf Corker on the second touchdown bites on the bender and lets Leaf Square all to itself um, on on the uh, on the deep ball. And then they have the PI on Tisdale that Brad White mentioned today at his press conference that I had forgotten about. That was kind of a bang bang call. Um, Could have gone either way. Vols get the call there and they go down and score. And then some other things in the second half where they just kind of crumbled. Uh, but that, that's not the Tennessee offense they're going to see on Saturday. Right. Right. And Kentucky, um, I know, you know, say what you will, but Florida, they gobbled them up pretty well in that running game. And the only difference is that the way at which Florida operated was, you know, they liked getting kind of in bigger sets, right? More tight, condensed stuff. This, they're going to ask Kentucky to play out in open space. I do think that we are going to get some good news. Trevor Wallace spoke with the media after practice today. Yeah, that, telltale sign. He's playing. Um, that that's what that means. Getting him back, that is crucial because nobody's better at playing in space than that guy. Um, the safeties they've not had the year we expected, and that's Trevin. We gotta he, we, we we need you to make some plays <laughs> before you get to that second level. Because I mean, Maxwell Harrison, I believe, is still the team's leading tackler, yeah. and he's not going to be anywhere near that action on Saturday. Those receivers are going to be lined up past the numbers, um, and they're just going to try to create mismatches. So um, at least Kentucky's front seven is healthier than it has been, and um, 
being able to kind of pin their ears back, uh, whether to stuff the run or just get after Milton's ass. Like I, I do at least like that aspect of this game and why I'm leaning towards like feeling like there's going to be an under. But on the opposite side, I mean, you, you can break it down. Like the opposite side is what worries me offensively for Kentucky. Yeah, speaking of Trevin Wallace in general, because Tennessee's past game has struggled, QB run's been a big element for them. And that's, you could argue the best thing they do is let Joe Milton keep the ball. He's averaging over eight yards per rush. He has the best success rate of all the ball carrier, primary ball carriers by a wide margin. Like, that's the best thing they do. So, Wallace in those light boxes mm-hmm. is going to be big there. And yeah. Kentucky handling zone read actions is going to be important. Um, Tennessee, this offense traditionally, how you wreck it is have guys on the interior that can just cause havoc and mess up the max protects and handle double teams. This is a Deion Walker game. Like, Yep. This is, this is why <laughs> – Deion Walker's NIL check is probably not small because (laughs) this is where his value is in a game like this. Um, So it's a big game, I think, for him and the defensive line in general that has played well, I think, for most of the season. Kentucky has stuffed the run very well. Uh, Florida, Missouri, they did. I thought even against Georgia, they fitted the run well. But this is a different challenge. Uh, But if you can take this run game away, it makes this offense easier to defend. And this – you're even more so because of the deep ball threat. Um, you mentioned earlier, Nick, Tennessee probably thought, like, that was it. 11-2, and two, we're humming. We're here now. This yeah. is where we're going to be. All that but, feels like 98, we're back. But there's levels to this, and I think roster building kind of caught up to them here at receiver. You know, they just – they like, Heupel inherited Cedric Tillman, Velas Jones, and Jalen Hyatt. And all yeah. those three of those guys were awesome and all – are getting guys. drafted. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I don't know if Jones is still playing at all, but Hyatt's involved as a rookie. Tillman's involved as a rookie. Like, those guys are going to probably play in the NFL for a little bit. Um, now, now they've had to rebuild it with their own recruits. Um, they went out and got Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy, I believe, broke his leg against South Carolina, so he's done for the year, so he's out. Um, Squirrel White's having a good year as a sophomore, kind of playing that slot position, which is their big number one receiver. That's who they throw. They look to throw too deep a lot. But they brought in Oregon transfer Dante Thornton to be kind of their deep threat that hasn't developed. He's got three drops and 15 targets. He's kind of gotten the situation where he's almost unplayable because of the drops. Um, so they're, they're going to some freshmen a little bit, and it's not, you know, there's growing pains with that. It's hard for true freshmen in this league to play, no matter the scheme, no matter anything. It's just you don't see what Barry and Brown and Dan Key did a lot last year, and that's why, to come back to Kentucky, that's why this year is so daggum disappointing, is because they flashed this true freshman, and they haven't taken the next step. And that's why, and that that, that sucks, uh, because that's not how you think it should work. If you're good as a freshman, you should continue to climb. You should you usually have the, the tough year, year one, and then year two is your – bump and then your three you take off right right and so that's disappointing so run game is the biggest thing here like i do think kentucky is going to be able to run the ball on tennessee mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be able to hit some gashes but efficiency wise they're going to get behind the chains if they get super run heavy and they're going to create third and nines so for me this game all comes down to just milton versus leary 
one of these dudes in the second half is going to make a play or two that ultimately makes the difference in the game, in my opinion. Whether it's Milton's legs or he extends a play on a scramble, something like that, or Leary converts a third and 12 or makes a big, small window throw or Milton hits on a vertical throw, one of these two dudes is going to hit hit the big play. The scary part for me is that with Milton's running ability, he has more kind of two-way potential to change the game. And I think that's where Kentucky could find themselves in trouble. But I, I do kind of agree with I do I would lean under here, Nick. But, it's, I mean, unless another team has a significant turnover advantage or, you know, there's special team catastrophes on the other side, if, if the roles play even, I really do think this game's going to come in the fourth quarter. Uh, and it's going to be decided late. I don't like. I see some forty-five to seventeen picks. <laughs> I see some on the board. There's some people calling for Tennessee to get some fifty burgers. Uh, ten, that like if you pay if you've been paying attention this year, Tennessee against Florida, that vaunted Florida defense that has gotten roasted outside of that Tennessee game by Kentucky, by South Carolina. They scored sixteen points in that game, Nick. They scored an opening drive touchdown, and they didn't score a touchdown until garbage time in the fourth quarter. So, my and then, go ahead. I was just say my. I'm just worried that the Kentucky defense is finally going to figure out Heupel, and then the offense is going to be too far behind to score 24 points a win. That's I think my that's biggest on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. That is the part that I I do not want Peak to clip this for next week, and then I'm just like dead inside because. We could see this coming. We could feel it coming uh, because Tennessee's pretty good up front on on yeah. that side of the line. Of Their defense is legit. Might be a legit top fifteen defense this year. It's well, pretty good. And I still go back to Skang last year, saying after the game that it's like, well, we know that they like to get downhill and be really aggressive against the runs. So we're going to run it right at him. It's like, wait, wait, what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But. That 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 is the part that I worry because not only do they have the guys uh, Baron and Pierce, but like they've got some experienced linebackers. Where, I mean, you just gotta you're gonna have to play around them, right? You're, uh, you you don't need him to be Leary to be as efficient as Carson Beck, but you do kind of got to play towards the sidelines and then try to have your guys make some plays in space or throw over the top of them. And do I think that it's possible? Yeah. Um, but there's not enough. There's not enough there that we've seen that gives me confidence that like Kentucky can do that on a consistent basis. Because can can they go out and score early? Probably. Yeah. Like I could see them being up ten three um, at the end of the first quarter. But sustaining that, and when you get into those predictable passing situations, are you able to move the chains? Kentucky's really struggled on third down this year, both offensively and defensively. So. Uh, that that is my ultimate fear, though, that the defense does actually kind of keep everything in front, contain them, um, but the offense just can't get to twenty four or twenty seven to to be able to get to this win. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely on the table. It's a big week for both coordinators here. Yeah. You know, offense has not been good. Passing game has been pretty bad. You know, we've Liam Cohen comes out on Tuesday and. Says, you know, this is a rivalry. We got to play well. We got to be aggressive. We got to come out swinging. So, that, and I think he, you know, he feels that it's a big spot because I, I'm not, I think he knows what you just said, Nick. Like, yeah. he knows this game is there for the taking. 
and it might not take a super effort from offense to get there, but they got to mm-hmm. score some points. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They got to go go out there and be able to score some points. Uh, so I think he knows that, and so figure out how to do that defensively. You know, White has given up 89 points to the Heupel through two meetings. Um, the first game was really, really bad, and you had MAs all over the place, and then you had MAs last year, especially early in the game. Uh, they have started horribly against this team. Yeah. Like I mean, you can't start any worse than they started. Like to me, that's kind of if they settle, if they if they come out ready to go early and get some stops, I think that could do them a world and world of good. But what's how what have they shown us that they could do that? I don't know. But you're right. I do think like you just kind of have to look at this team closer. Like twenty points against A and M, where their defense just kept A and M couldn't really do anything off offense. So. They kept giving them opportunities, and one of those scores came off of a big punt return, um, Nick, um, that Tennessee got. They got like a real short field to even score one of those times. So you got to remember that. And then Bama, they just totally got – they played a, probably their best half of the season offensively, and then nothing, nothing. in the second half. Completely blanked. So this is, uh, this is a flawed offensive football team that has struggled – against good defenses, specifically in the two games away from home, they've gone through very long stretches in the game. Bama, full second half, Florida, between middle of the first quarter till the fourth quarter, where they just couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, penalties are big. They have, like, they have average more penalties per game than Kentucky does. They're, like, in the 120s. So that's been a huge deal for this for this offense as well. So I don't think Tennessee's going to go out and score 40 points in this game. I think it feels like a game, right? You're right. I like first one to 21, maybe first one to 24 probably wins this game. Uh, I think if in a game that breaks out like that, you'd have to think like Kentucky in their style play, right. they're more comfortable kind of in that. But then again, this team hasn't been in a close game all year. So you don't know how they're going to handle if it gets into like where he, both sides are trading punches. Uh, you just don't know how they're how they're going to handle that, and so that's going to be something interesting to like in the game to watch develop. But if Kentucky's the program you think they are, that we thought they were preseason, you think they are in general. A Tennessee team with this flaw of an offense, specifically passing offense, you should beat them at home. Nick Josh Heupel's had. Eight offenses since he since he started running like this version of the Art Rylesveer and shoot offense. Yeah, one of them didn't get a first down in an entire second half against Kentucky. Well, people Derek, forget that Derek Dooley was calling that that that. It was Dooley. I thought that was Heupel. Yeah, Heupel I think you like left. you like you just have a block in your head that you like to just pin that on Heupel, which I don't think. Come on, they're both <laughs> Tennessee guys. Like, yeah, basically the same. Yeah. So anyway. That he's fin- his offenses has finished top 20 in yards per attempt five of those years. And the other one was his first year at Mizzou when they were installing it, and they finished 33rd. This year, they're at 91 yards per attempt. Like, this is the worst passing offense he's had. you got to beat them. He, like, they're vulnerable. you got to go yeah. beat them when yeah. they're down like this. You, ha- you got them at home. This is an even game. Like it's a very like both these teams are very very close to even. I think these defenses are close to a wash, and then offensively you just got you got to go beat them. Nick, like, you just have to figure it out. You got to go beat them. If you don't, it's 
it's a huge missed opportunity. And I think it's one of the, you know, you add it to a list of big missed opportunities in the series to beat Tennessee. You got to go, you got to go do that. And we talked about Stoops before, how they haven't won big home games. They've kind of eliminated that. The ESPN primetime, though, like that, it's, they've fallen flat multiple times yeah. as of late. It's a big opportunity there in that window, but you got a chance here, Nick. 1977, the last year they beat Florida and Tennessee in the same season. And you could do them both at home. That's the kind of bleep that matters to people. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of bleep that makes people forget about other stuff. You go, you pay money to go to these home games, and if you win big games at home, that has a long-lasting effect. That's how you build fans. That's how you build a fan base. That's how you build um, Johnny Booster to say, here, let's go out and get that transfer receiver that we need. Like this, you got to win games like this. This is just, a, I mean, it's a really, 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 really important game. It's a game they, sh- they should go in and expect to win. That's part of my, like I think with, you know, I get why people are upset, but I, I wish, like, people, we need to realize that. Like, they should win. The, like, we should go into that stadium. Expect Kentucky to win. And I think a lot of people are going to go in there with their shoulder struck. And I, I just don't think that is the mentality they can have. But then again, it's the balls, and then it's what we've seen the last two weeks. It's hard. I get it. I, um, we've, we've, we've got an ESPN 7 p.m. kickoff. The... the... Jesse Palmer, Katie George crew, but we've got a sub in for Tess. I think it so, must be a big boxing match or something. There is. Uh, I was watching the tops last night, and the promos for it kept happening. It's uh, the Gypsy King. What's his name? Big British Tyson Fury? Yeah, Tyson Fury's fighting an MMA Francis, guy. Yeah, Francis Nagano, yeah. Yeah, which I kind of it's, – it's in, like, the middle of the day, though, so maybe, like, a KS bar do we, before. Do you think our – uh, oh, it's the middle of the day. I was going to say, do you think we need to call Evan and say, hey, can we buy this pay-per-view up here? In the- <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the undercard starts at 2 p.m., so it'll yeah, help. Yeah, we'll have to probably. watch it at the bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're getting Mike Monaco instead, who I've never heard. Mike Prince Monaco. Uh, never heard of that guy before. So he'll be on the call. Um, there I think some- that's, a, that's a guy you're going to recognize his voice because I think he does SEC, like random SEC basketball games. Okay. No, that's a different Mike. Mike, um, I like that guy because he's on that show that we call into, the XM show. You know what I'm talking about? Um, hell, no, I can't think of it. Uh, I know he, that guy's voice. I can I can even picture his face. Um, I like that guy. He has like a big shoe in his background whenever he's doing stuff from home. Um, but I digress because I want to go over to KS Board where we got some questions from the crowd, and they're brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs where – you want to look your best this college football season. You want to look your best at all times. So go ahead, upgrade your wardrobe at Bird Dogs and use promo code KSR when you make that first order to buy their stylish slacks that, I mean, they look sharp. They look sharp, whether it's the long pants or the shorts with a built-in liner. Like it, when I was in D.C. last weekend for my little bi-week trip, wore the shorts with the liner. Great for the airport because they got like pockets with the zippers too. So like you got the AirPods, you get your gun, you know, you don't want to lose anything. We're walking yeah. around town. And then afterwards, the place we were staying at, guy had a hot tub, just jumped in the hot tub with him on. Bada boom, bada bam. There's versatility there. There's efficiency there. Try a pair today with Bird Dogs. We promise you will not regret it. And when you use promo code KSR, when you check out, you're going to get a hydro flash style water jug with your purchase. So go ahead. Hop on the bird dog strain. 
birddogs.com slash KSR or promo code KSR when you check out. Uh, DB18 asked over here at KS Board about how UK's offensive line holds up against a talented defensive line of UT. Does that match up force UK into hitting some shorter, faster, developing routes this week? I'd just like to start by saying, well, okay, this might be the second time this year their projected starting five is actually going to be able to start. Um because yeah. Horsey got hurt after week one, and you didn't even have Jagger playing guard then, too. You had him at center. So um, it's almost November, and once again, uh, it might be your first time where you've got a fully healthy Kentucky offensive line. Yeah, but they did the one thing people wanted and play more people, right? You get Dylan That's Ray a bunch of reps. You've gotten – Tanner Bowles has gotten some action. You've played Burton at center and guard. Ford's Portland Ford's play tackle. Yeah. This is what people wanted. They've developed depth. Um, now back to the matchup. It's a concern. This Tennessee pass rush is a real deal. They've had over 20 pressures twice in a game so far. This year they totally dominated the A&M game now. It hasn't really traveled, Nick. Um, they struggled to get that pass rush ramped up both against Florida and Alabama on the road. Like their two, but, two worst pass rushing games by far were away from home. So does that like – is that a is that a problem is it without the crowd behind them rushing the passer? But I do think it's concerning. I, Kentucky had a lot of struggles with Missouri's twist game uh, last week, and if you get in a situation where you're in third and eights, they could be in, Kentucky could be in trouble. But they've had a full you know an off week to kind of figure that out. Um, but that is one of my bigger concerns because that's the strength of Tennessee's team is that front. Um, James Pierce has been a borderline All American as an edge rusher, a sophomore. Tyler Barron, the name people are familiar with here, um, is having a really good season, a career year. Aaron Beasley's potential All-SEC off-ball linebacker. Um, Omari Thomas is a big, stout SEC defensive tackle. They've got a really good defensive front, and, they, and they're, they've got depth. They play seven, eight guys. And, and so, like, that is that is a concern, their pass rush, because they're going to – I would assume they watch the Missouri tape, and they're going to do some move and shifting. Um, but but less so than the other ones because they really want to just let Pierce go. Like, let that guy just rush the edge. Yeah. Uh, start, start to stay out of his let way. Let him cook, right. Yeah. Let him bend the corner. Uh, but it is – Kentucky's going to have to match up. Uh, I think for a like, guy like Marcus Cox, a big week. You know, NFL NFL tape. This is a big boy edge rusher. He's going to get to go up against some. Um, so, it's a big game for him. But, yeah, I, I think it is concerning, uh, specifically when Kentucky gets into obvious passing downs. Yeah. So, and this gets me to another question um, that I think ties it in together from JT Davis, 25. Do we believe Stoops retooled the offense the bye week to move quicker and allow Leary to think less and just play? Because I, I think in theory that's kind of what you you try to do your quick hitters. And you know what? Look, at, they've had games where they've done that, right, where they're just like, let's throw some hitches, you know, let's do some quick outs. And it's worked early, and then when they try to do that on early downs later on, drive stall and they get behind the chains. Uh, because ideally, first down is your best time to pass, is your most efficient, but it's also your quickest way to get yourself into trouble if you can't throw and catch. So, if Kentucky, like, let's, I want you to put your Liam Cohen headset on right now. Um, you you get the sheet. You're gonna sit in a seat up in the box. What what is your? Uh, is there a quick fix? Is there a way to try to make this a little bit more comfortable? Um, cause like all that really comes to mind for me is maybe a little bit more shotgun, right? Like, <laughs> like he doesn't have to think about his feet. 
Um, it's just half field, boom, look to one side. If not, dump it off to Ray Davis and let him run. Yeah. That's one thing good about being like a Kentucky beat, Nick, is that we get coordinators. It's not a thing yeah. for all the SEC schools. And typically in these coordinator press conferences, let me know if you disagree with me, they're less coach-speaky. Like we get more defined answers. And Cohen mm-hmm. had some interesting – like that – that was pro- to me. That was one of his more interesting press conferences of the year. Was on Tuesday, with some of the stuff we got from him. One of them was he went talking about you know we talked about the Michigan stuff and helmet, Mike and the helmet, um, and I asked him you know would it help if is that why it's taking so long because you don't have the mic, uh, and he did he said no but he kind of said that it's been an issue like getting the call in, Larry getting the call reading it getting out. Um, yeah. He needs to go. Like, he didn't say it, but he kind of bounced around it. Uh, like, I think that's been a problem. I think Leary kind of – he said they're not wordy, but they're more wordy than most off college offenses. Um, so there is some – you know, there is some, some vocabulary some there you yeah. got to get out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been an issue. Like, to me, that, that that's probably a big part of the problem, I would imagine, is that getting the call in, getting the quarterback to read it, and getting it to the line. Um, so that, that's been, I think, an unexpected long growing pain for them that's lasted a while. So I think that's been an issue. But Cohen also talked about, like, to, like, to build his conf, to build a thrower's confidence, maybe you gotta, like, instead of running the out and ups, maybe we gotta go give him some easier throws over the middle or this or that. So I think, to your point, there's gonna be probably more of that this week, I would imagine, unless he's just playing coy. Um, but to me, like, I know you said, like get him and gun. I think this week, like center play action, and specifically early, you should be able to sneak a tight end out or get somebody over the middle. Because what's Tennessee? They're telling everyone over there that they are going to stop the run this week. Yep. Get they're coming down. And their philosophy under Tim Banks is to f it. We're not letting you run on us. We're come. <laughs> we're going to stop the run. And so you, but you have you can take advantage of that. So I. I like to me, I would kind of like. I think throwing there's going to be some value potentially throwing the game, throwing the ball early in this game, especially on early down rundowns, play action, catch them maybe behind, try to get behind the def, get behind the second level uh, with a linebacker coming downhill, um, and then I think later in the game that's that's where the problem's going to be for Kentucky. I think throughout the season, Cohen's really good at scripting stuff up, and he's good at opening drives, but they. They have stunk outside of that. Part of the reason to me is after you stop Davis, they just have nothing. They have no core concept they can go to in the passing game. Like to say, okay, we're, we're stuck here. Let's run a slant flat will concept. Like we're good at this. Let's run that. Like I don't think there's they, – they have that. Like I feel like everything is just like a chore for them. Like they don't have – like let's go to Wandell over the middle or let's run it out for Wandell. Let's get him the ball. I don't think they have that in the past game, and that's their biggest problem to me as an offense. And you gotta find that. So, do they find it this week? I don't know, uh, but I do think Kentucky's probably gonna score early. But then I think we're gonna see the same lulls we've seen where they they boggered or bogged down there in the yeah. uh, well, second half. First, so let's have second half, and then can they do anything in the fourth quarter? I think that's just kind of who they're gonna be as a team. The uh... The other point, too, with some of those play actions where they got some stuff over the middle, you've seen the holes 
people are like, like, oh, just get a body on somebody. Just get a body on somebody. And they haven't been executing. So I, I hope that we get a sense of urgency from this offense because I feel like that's what a lot of it comes down to, right, is just being very much detailed in like, hey, this is your job. Now just go do it. Because, uh, man, I, I, I forgot who it was. that had, They had the screen set up. And if you just get one body on a guy like Davis. There's been that a few times. There's been that a few yeah. times this year where they couldn't get the screen off. Some yeah. of it's on Larry for not being able to, like, to me some of that's like physical limitation. Like, he's just small. Uh, and getting it around those guys is not easy. It's something you kind of have to learn with time. And John Wright with a super chat. Thank you, John. Cohen hit offensive stride down the stretch last time. It's going to happen again. He did. That's very true. Yeah, and and I think, too, that, you know, we might have undervalued Will Levis's uh, intelligence, his ability to just pick stuff up, which shout out to yeah. Will. He's, he's but, gonna... they, uh, but even Levis, he struggled. Um, like, that Mississippi State game, if you go back, that was bad. Like, he kind of lost them that game. Like the pick before half, he had another – he threw the deep ball to Wandell when he was bracketed. Like he had two bad picks there that kind of ruined scoring drives. You know, the defense was kind of the story that day, but he struggled. I mean, the Florida game, he was bad. Like he had some bad moments, but he turned it on uh, down the stretch. I just think, mate, Nick, I don't think this is the most QB-friendly offense. I don't, I don't say how you can say that. After what we've seen the last three years, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, so maybe you know, maybe it's a thing where one, I think they coaching staff they probably have to figure out how do we just kind of make it easier on these guys making the transition. Yeah. Two, maybe it's they're going to be better off developing guys within their system. So if they're recruiting well, maybe that's the the move here moving forward. Instead of just leaning just in the board. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, do it in house if you're going to be this. This so like to this scheme, so committed to this scheme, which it seems like they are. Um, that's just something to monitor. Uh, but I do think portal moving forward, Nick. Like, I think it's probably going to be important. Like looking at pro style guys. No, like no, I think no. that's they that's that's a box that maybe you didn't think you needed to be checked. Maybe you should highly consider it. Like it should move up maybe the value list. Yeah, because you can't wait till October to wonder why you can't throw and catch. So uh, Kentucky's going to need to do it Saturday against Tennessee, 7 p.m. kickoff, ESPN. Uh, two more quick things. I love that we got a guy on the board who's Jefferson Pilot Sports. Shout out JP Sports, Amen. three mics. Um, he thinks it's going to be a rock fight, and I'm kind of feeling the same. We talked about that earlier. Uh, and I love that Dave, Dave Cornette dropped a talk about for us. Says playing almost exclusively of a soft zone with corners giving the wide receiver eight to ten yard cushions. Why? I just I I don't I don't see that that much. I feel like it's been less this well, year than many other years. I do think they played a little tighter last year, but they had two cornerbacks they really trusted with Carrington yeah. Valentine and Keaton yeah. Smith, who played a, who had played a lot of football. These two quarterbacks corners haven't played a lot of football, and I think they're trying to protect them some. Um, and then you see what happens; they got put out on islands. Um, a couple of times the last two weeks, and it's not, it's not been good. But they are. I will say this about the corners: they're fighting and scrapping and playing hard. Uh, even Phillips, who was having that awful day, Nick. Yeah. He, he gets the pick there at the end. The gets called back because they had what offsides, I think. Right, right. Like he was fighting throughout that game, 
And so I think eventually, like, he's going to win some of these one-on-one battles down the stretch. And we've already seen Hairston. If you're an offense and you, you want to go after Maxwell Hairston, you can do it, but you just got to know. If you throw at him 15 times, one or two of those th- those things are is going back the other way because yeah, he's finding yeah. a way to get hands on balls and get ints. So if you want to attack him, you can. And <laughs> it's I think risky, that's though. I think that's why we saw Missouri go so heavy after Phillips. I think they threw that one to Harrison. He tried to do the, like a little hole shot. Harrison makes a really good play, and they were all right. We're going after 23 now. And so that with that, that's a big part of the game. And I think it's going to get Phillips more work. And so we'll see how that kind of levels out. But I do think they're trying to protect them a little bit. And how can you not? I think their bigger problem has been the safety play. Yeah, it's not been good. Not been good. Freddie laid out the production uh, Monday on the football podcast. You don't even, yeah, you don't even need the stats. Just watch the games. Like, where are their names? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just don't even see them pop. And then, like, the only, like, the times we see them pop, it's it's almost, Almost exclusively for something negative happening. Yeah, it's usually Zion Childress like John. So that, that's just been the that's been probably the defense's biggest issue to me. It's been the, the lackluster safety play, which is not what we expected coming into the season. Kentucky five and eight off the bye under Mark Stoops. Will they get right on Saturday? We'll see. Let's break it down. Let's see how we think the game's going to unfold with our fan duel single game parlay. Where lucky we're going to dial it back some this week. We were going with six selections. It's, you know, let's just pump the brakes a little bit, right? Let's just dial it back some. But I think I think you are going to talk me into one more. I think I think we've talked ourselves into one more. I'll yes, see how you I, feel. But I, I figured I think, you were going to throw that one on there. Yeah, but uh, FanDuel.com. It's the place you should place your bets in Kentucky. Bet $5, get up to $200 in bonus bets when you join and you put in promo code KSR on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the number one sportsbook app in America. Must be 18 and over, President of Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. Some terms, see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. How did the... Um, how did the the mega undergo last week, buddy? We almost won that stupid bet. I I I, I got that feeling. I was traveling and they didn't have as many props in the state I was in, so I couldn't place it. The under got home. Um, what, that was did, that was fun, and a few of you all, probably a few of you in the chat, were riding that with me, enjoying, it, and we were all having a good old time on the tweet machine. That was fun because it starts off, Nick. Iowa hits the pass play to get the drive start around midfield. They have like a – they're over – they're in plus side. They have like a third and 11. Deacon Hill scrambles, just throws a prayer. A guy is all over him, catches it. They review it. He barely like toe drags. He makes a great catch. Probably the Iowa play of the year in the passing game. Um, so that sets up – it ends up being a goal-to-goal possession. Minnesota gets a stop. So we get out of – like we almost lost it first possession. Like yeah. almost went – over six and a half the first quarter. So we get out of that. And early you realize, like, one, I was not running the football today. Two, this Deacon Hill passing yards is going to be trouble because they're getting really close. Like, they had 70-something in the second quarter, and it was sitting on 70 for a long time in the second quarter. So you're thinking, man, I don't know if this is going to happen. Uh, I almost wanted – I almost needed – like, we needed Iowa to go up like by, like, 10 so they could just get so run heavy. Run the ball, yeah, yeah. 
But the the total the under was never in doubt. Deacon Hill passing yards like he got up to ninety two, I think, and it sat on that for a while. It sat on ninety two all the way oh. until like I believe their second to last possession, Gosh. and then he he hits a pass um, when they're down twelve ten to go over, and so it, we lose it with I guess like three minutes left to play. But it was it's tough. That was probably the most fun I've had in a losing bet <laughs> in my lifetime. Like that was that was a lot of fun. We, uh, that's definitely something we should revisit. And got me thinking. Like for these bowl games, Nick. Oh man, we could just do some ridiculous stuff for some of these bowl games. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, like I just I just think ridiculous. about you know, like who do UTEP play in the the Detroit the Motor City Bowl last year? Then um, they not UTEP. Uh, New Mexico State, like a random game like that, right? Yeah, Boca Raton Bowl. Yeah, just let's just six oh, game man. single game parlay. See if we can hit it. I was I was just fuming on Tuesday night. Cuse action with Western. They yeah. First off, that offense coordinator terrible hire Tyson Helton. That guy stinks. Like they just, <laughs> I mean, it's like let's just dink and dunk. We've got this great passing attack. Let's just throw it. I bet his average depth of targets like three yards. Like they're just ex- Austin Reed. We don't want you to throw it downfield. Um, so that when the opportunity presents itself, I took uh, first half money on, dude. Uh, they, they play sc- scared. They miss a field goal and somehow miraculously get the ball back. They get a stop. Has a dude wide open downfield to score the touchdown before half. Overthrows him. Next play, they take another shot. They bracket Corley, and it's just interception and double coverage. It's like, you guys, you all stink. I just, I'm, I'm, do- I'm done with the tops. I'm out on the tops. The, the air raid just dinking and dunking. It just can drive me nuts. Like, you got good players. Let's, let's, let's open it up downfield. And now back to our FanDuel single game parlay for this upcoming. We, 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 we can talk about our bad beats all we want, but I think we got ourselves a good beat on hand. Look at what, what you got for us. Yeah. Tavian Robinson, under 38 and a half receiving yards. Nick, we've talked about this. His numbers in power conference games are not good since he's been at Kentucky. So it's, we're riding that until, until that, the production tells us stop riding it. Uh, Ray Davis. Two touchdowns, Nick, plus 340. I like this here. Ooh. Two, two or more touchdowns. I think when, if Kentucky gets in scoring territory, that ball's going to him. And they've even shown in the low red zone that they'll just throw it to him down there in big it's spots. True. So you, you've got the pass game value on top of what he can do rushing the football. Um, so give us – and he had – I believe – didn't he have two – yeah, two touchdowns against Missouri. He had two touchdowns against Florida. Um, he had one touchdown against Georgia, but he's had multiple two-touchdown games this year. So give us Ray Davis, two touchdowns or more, plus 340. And then Joe Milton, under one-and-a-half touchdowns. We talked about Tennessee's passing game issues. Red zone, they're in the 90s and red zone touchdown percentage, Nick. Like, they're struggling to finish drives. They're going to – and we've mentioned his run ability. They're going to run it when they get down there. Um, and I, I firmly believe that's so. And I don't expect Tennessee to hit a bunch of plays over the top. So give us Joel Milton under one and a half passing touchdowns, and then I believe I know where you're leaning here on the final one. I know I. Let's throw the under in there. Yeah, just go. Let's, what's fifty one and a half still? Uh, I'm I'm efforting to pull it up right now. Um, scrolling through the FanDuel app. Um, cats are night. They're on that late night tip, so you know it takes a little bit later. Yeah, fifty one and a half. It's living a little dangerously, but I'm, I, I feel like we got ourselves a rock fight on our hands. 
So feeling good about where Brad White's defense is, where their mind's at. I love today that he compared the players only meeting to punishing your child, which uh, <laughs> that amused me. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes you just, your kids got to, uh, the way he put it is it's like, it's a course correction. You just want them to develop good habits. You know, it's not a one-off and this is part of developing good habits. So hopefully they get some good habits uh, for this game against the Vols. We'll talk about it more tomorrow on the Pigskin Preview. Uh, and hey, shout out to Levis. Going to get that start against the Falcons, which I don't know if that's the most... Coming off the bye week, that's like the ideal time, right? Like he's not just having to come in and get sacked five times like he did, uh, like Malik Willis did over in London. So he at least has some some time to get prepared, some time to get some reps with the ones. He's going to look good in those Oilers uniforms too. Those are going to look sharp. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that works out well. It would be nice if Cats beat the Vols and then Levis was awesome for Tennessee and all the Tennessee fans who just hate him and love the Titans had to deal with it. <laughs> that, so great. that I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that is yeah. true. It's like, oh, God, we got to cheer for this guy? Like, yeah. Would be great. Would be great. But uh, hey, it's time for us to go. I'm 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 wearing down, running on empty. We're we're gonna we're pushing through this uh, kid sickness, and we're gonna we're gonna get through the finish line and get the cats home with the win Saturday night against the Vols. For Adam Blackett, I'm Nick Roush. Uh, go cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.